Welcome to Thursday night. Tonight, the Scotch for Dummies have a whole evening all about Pete. We're going to be discussing Ardbeg Wee Beastie. Dr. Scotch is going to be stopping by. He's got a whole whiteboard full of useful information. And we have a mailbag going on today. It's going to be an awesome episode. Stick around. What's up, guys? Hey, guys! It is Scotch Board. More guys in the Scotch journey to help you with your next Scotch purchase. I'm Drew. I'm Sean. I'm Andrew. Mark is absent tonight. He's on a trip with his son, but he's having a good time, I'm sure. But he's, welcome to the podcast, everybody. He's yep. here in spirit. So this week, our review was for Ardbeg Wee Beastie. It was. It is a five-year-old whiskey. Uh, it is 474 you would have thought I would have remembered that after the review. Right? <laughs> uh, did, you play, did you play the blooper? Of no. The wrong NBA? <laughs> Every week we have a blooper reel. Every yeah, week. Yeah, almost always. So uh, this is a pretty hyped bottle from Ardbeg. Um, it's young. We weren't sure really what to expect, if it's going to be like really fiery and over the top, um, how the peat was going to blend into it. Um, I personally, I, I think we were all kind of – it's a good bottle. It's not a great bottle, but then again, that's not what I expect from a five-year-old whiskey. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it, it's very pleasant. It's very easy to drink. It's not like, wow, this is awesome. But you know what? What? It's a five-year-old whiskey. What do you expect? Five-year-old scotch. You know, five-year-old Texas whiskey, then it's going to be really heavy and bold and kicking your kicking you in the face. But a five-year-old scotch? That, yeah, it, I, I thought it did much. pretty good. I, yeah. I actually liked it. You and I, I think, rated it a little higher than Mark and Sean yeah. did, barely. But overall, I think we gave it like a one or three point two five or one two five or something like that. Yeah. I'll pull it up in a minute. But um, part of their, they don't technically call it core range, but it's going to be a permanent spot, I believe. I thought right? it was their. Yeah, it's, it's part of their new core range. They don't call it core range though on their website. Well, do they have core range? I don't think they do, but technically it's what they have. I, I posted in our video when I did it because they have like the 10. They, I, mean, I can't even remember them all, but they're, if you go on the website, it does change every once in a while, but they, they will call it the core for just for the fact that yeah. show. Yeah. So, so they've got the five, they've got the 10, the they've ten. got the Ugadale, which, which are non age statements. So those are potentially younger than this. Correct. But yeah, they don't. Right. They don't taste younger. But I got a lot more to them. I'm going to pour some, gentlemen. I'm already having some. Um, I will say, I'm. I think that my review was was pretty on on point with this particular one. Sometimes when I go back for for a second glass after we do the review, maybe it's a week or two weeks later, we get to the live show and I actually pour another glass. I'm like, oh man, I I totally missed all of this stuff. When I did this review, I wish we would have given it a little more time or had a little more time. You know, maybe we pour a couple glasses and let it sit for a week or two. But sometimes that's a crapshoot, too. So we try and do everything fairly similarly. Uh, but this one, I, I think, is still just a good, solid middle of the road. It's it's a well-balanced scotch. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing that particularly stands out up over and above Right, I guess is what I'm yes. trying to get at. Right, um, it's got the nice sweet. It's got it's got some of the peat and smoke in there, but nothing is nothing's overpowering anything. It's it's balanced, but nothing's really standing out to me. Either. Yes, I would agree. I, I think they do a, great, a good job with this with bottle. And and uh, we just poured a glass. And on the nose, I'm getting. A, I mean, it's it's young. You can smell the young youngness in it. Some of the comments we talked we talked through. Um, they talked about you got to give it some time to let it open up well, a little bit. And we will. We're, I'm gonna let this sit for a little bit. I'm, I'm still yeah. getting my the same smell that I remember before. You know, I, maybe more perish than I had before, but I'm still getting that kind of banana pepper, um, very very much so the ginger and honey kind of coming through now. But I, I didn't have ginger last time, I don't think, but I have it now in the nose. But still, what I remember from the other yeah. night. I'm getting more medicinal tonight. Well, and I would say to the point of, you know, letting it open up and, and working with it a little bit, like if it's an older scotch expression, uh, I'm willing to take my time with it and give it a little a little extra. You know what I mean? If it's a five-year-old whiskey, I'm probably just going to pour a glass and drink it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not, I don't think it's going to open up that much. Yeah. It's a five-year-old whiskey. It's not going to open up in more I, than five minutes. I don't minutes. necessarily think that it's bad as it is. It's just, it's not exceptional. Well, either. and I would, I would have, I'll need to taste it here, but I typically, I think with this bottle, I believe the palate is better than the nose. So I guess at the end of the day, yeah. the, the thumbnail question was worth buying. And the answer was absolutely yes, especially for the price, what it is. It's Ardbeg. We'll, we'll call it core range now um, for what you're getting out of it, especially if you are an Ardbeg fan. It may not be the Ardbeg smack that you're looking for, but it's it's got Ardbeg into it. I, yep. I kind of like it it's because bright. it does. It had, bright's a great word for it. It is bright. It's got some kind of different taste to it than I, you know, a nose that I'm used to having for Ardbeg. But it's delicious. It's still damn good, and the price range is honestly pretty damn good. Between I mean, thirty-five and fifty bucks, depending on who you talk that's to. That's hard to beat in today's world of, of scotch. I it mean, is. it really is. All right. Well, I'm going to put this up against that bottle right down there. Which one? Our big ten. Oh, the ten. Yep. I want to. I want to try a sip of that. So this is a big comparison, actually. Good. Good yep. point. Because the ten is There's probably a bit left. around the same price, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, it's, and I think that was one of the things we talked about in the review for us. It, it was just a little bit more money for the ten-year-old. Yeah, I think it's probably twenty bucks more. So it's thirty to fifty percent more per per bottle. Well, Tom says, uh, Sean, I like the third glass a wee beastie better than my first. Uh, that was my way of airing it out in, in my, my belly. <laughs> so man. yeah, absolutely. Works. I mean, but honestly, Tom, after your third glass, it's always going to be better. It is. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I did notice that Tom uh, or George Kaplan became a uh, member today. Oh, thank you, George. Uh, member, so appreciate that, sir. Well, yep. we do have because we finally passed the 10K mark. You can be a member of us, and basically, it's a small fee to subscribe to us. But on so YouTube, and right you also get some perks. We have custom oh, wow. uh, emotes and other things going on, so icons, etc. I mean, the color is even less. So the weird thing is, our big 10 has. Less color than the five. Just, just a shade, but it is lighter. So I'm curious, uh, people watching right now, who who all have has had the wee beastie? The ten? Is that what he has right now? Uh, yep. Try that. Is this the ten? I'm just gonna set that right there. That ten okay. is so sweet. Okay. This the, the nose alone is it's just really good. I mean, it's, it's so much more mature. There's a, so there's a big difference. Balance. Guys, there's a huge difference between the nose on yeah. the Wee Beastie and the 10. Yep. Yep. Well, wait till you sip it. There's, I think there's there's less difference in the palate, even though the 10 is much more refined. The, the, the major flavor components in the 5 and the 10 are not much different. I don't know, man. I, I got more of everything out of the 10 that the... Profile, I guess, is is very similar. You can tell that it is an art bag, um, but the ten to me was just bigger and and bolder. It had a little bit more sweet. It had a little more punch to it. The art bag ten it's, it's is forty six. So the the ABV is less than two percent difference. So that's not a big deal. But the nose on the uh, ten is so much more refined. It, it's good stuff. It's man. just pleasant and warm. I, I will say if you're if you're talking art bag, the wee beastie at 35 40 bucks i i think that's fine you know i i don't think that anybody's going to be upset about that at all um but the 10 is pretty tasty stuff ten has so to be, the 10 must be on your bar if you have a big selection of art bag put the five in it too but if you only have one i so the nick, 10 may be the money nick says uh it's the same price point near new york city yeah if it's the same price point i'm buying the 10 all day and, long. and he Every confirmed day. he says the 10 blows the wee beastie out of the yeah. water yeah. i haven't tasted it yet but but nose alone i would say yes based on yeah, what you're looking for in, in, a, in a, an art bag that's it's good stuff so uh so there you have it wee beastie i mean i for the price point i don't think you're going to hurt yourself if you pick up a bottle and see what you think especially if you're an art bag <laughs> fan so it's not gonna not gonna hurt anything. Nope. Um, so are we are we on to mailbag? Yeah, let me pull it up here. I'm gonna pull up a picture real quick. All right. Keep talking. We decided this week um, that instead of doing a scotch in the news and some of that kind of thing, uh, what we wanted to do was a mailbag. Mark wasn't here, and we just kind of wanted to talk through some of the comments that we get. Um, and since this is the first review actual review that we've done in months 
Uh, we thought it'd kind of be fun to just kind of go through some of the comments, maybe answer some questions or talk about, you know, how other people feel about this whiskey. So um, it's mail time. It's mail time. There you go. That's, is that Blue's Clues mailbox? No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Shut your hole. I don't know what you're about. <laughs> I mean, you kids aren't that young we're, anymore. We're, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to talk much about it, but I watched the hell out of my son. Uh, yeah. So, that's Drew, a good show. Are there particular ones that you wanted to talk about? That not through and no, see what you wanted to do. I just kind of want to go through it real quick. This basically, uh, most people are talking about the price ranges. We, we said it was $50. Um, on our uh, review, but most people are saying between closer to between 35 and 40, which is what I'm seeing here mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah, 35, 40, 39. Totally agree. Uh, Muser says, totally agrees. Price matters, especially when scoring the one comparing to 10. Well, we just talked about that, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, five years. I, so, Bobby Parnell, I actually enjoyed this comment. Uh, the dancing spices. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It did change from sip to sip and not so much in an evolving way, but more chaotic. So, yeah, I, I would kind of agree with that, especially on the that first glass on the review that we did. Yeah. It, it just. It's almost over spiced. It, like it's too much something like it's. It was just a little disjointed for me. You know, it, it was hard to put together what it was trying to do. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're taking a, uh, the Ardbeg new make, which is is inherently uh Peated and wow, there goes our big ten. Um, it, it's it's notably peated and and potent. You've got and you intend to release a five year old. You could have some barrels that can put some put some hammer to it to be able to get any flavor out of it in five years in Scotland. So either they moved them, you know, they were in Scotland. Doesn't mean they were in Ireland. They could have moved them to a warmer region of Scotland to try and uh, aggress be more aggressive with the barrels. They could have. Uh, taking younger uh, first fill or maybe even virgin barrels and put them in there. They they are well. They they talk about ex bourbon and oloroso sherry for those, right? So maybe they, maybe they're first fill. Who knows? We're trying something different, but so uh, this one's interesting. Not I've I've seen a few comments about. It's, I guess it's not in Scotland or in, in, in Europe yet. So England doesn't have. But it you're yet. right. Our big's biggest go back scroll back up. The, the biggest problem is how great the ten is. It's true. That is and I correct. just had it, and it's good. I mean, it's it, it's a big difference between a 10 and the, and the, and the Weebies. Well, Beastie. it's kind of like the Lagavulin 16, right? It's a it's an institution unto itself. Yes. That bottle is iconic. Yes. Yeah. Jimmy Drammer says, it tastes like a young Verklotik or Kilhoman. Yes. A fair price compared to those. Sure. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. It does taste young. If if you're comparing, and you see, I don't think... Maybe it is that young. You've, you've said it young a few times, and I, I haven't said young yet, but that's probably what it is. I mean, that taste I'm getting yeah. when I'm calling banana peppers and stuff. You go back up. Which one? That's, that's an interesting Jimmy Drammer. Yeah. Uh, his fear was that it was partially uh, put out to push up the price of the 10. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe. And, oh, yeah. You put this out at 50, and then you make the 10, like, 85 or right. something. Yeah. Like, that, I, actually, that is probably pretty astute. Well, you know, it's the market. I have to say it's marketing. Yeah. Okay. Got, well, found it for 40. Yep. Yeah, 39, 39. Good. Brother spend next 12 bucks on a 10. That seems to be the consensus here, guys. Yeah. 42 in Maryland, $10 cheaper. Yeah. Buy the 10. Yeah. So most of the mailbags tonight on the comments in the, the review are basically going for price. A lot of people are saying the 10 is better is, is the consensus so far. Um, a few people are like, obviously, good to see you guys back together. Thank you for that. Um, and then what else have we got? Anything else? I think that's about it. Yeah. So I, I would say all in all, I think that it was a fair review for what we had on it. Um, it it's tough when you have an iconic bottle. It's kind of like, you know, the big brother that's the football captain. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. really hard to be in the shadow of something like that. And so I think... You're going to get a lot of comparisons because the R Big Ten is so iconic. It's yeah. such a good dram. Like, there's nothing wrong with that glass at all. Nope. No. Uh, but you've got a, a younger version. And so, you know, there's going to be obvious comparisons to it. Um, I, I think in that $35 to $40 price range is a decent buy. Um, I, I'm not – you... I, I would have a hard time if I'm sitting in a store, though, for, for $10 or $15, $20 extra bucks – 
picking up the 10 versus well because you know what it is Let, let's say let's 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 wind back for a second especially for our podcast people so these are these are times where you don't know anything about Ardbeg. You're going into Ardbeg. Would ten be your entry point? Would you rather have? I mean, because let's talk about what Ardbeg is. Ardbeg is that PDI big, big bold, yeah. big bold flavors you're going to get, especially when you get into Ugadale, et cetera. Yep. This is definitely, I would say, out of the whole line, this is definitely the easiest one to get into. Yeah. But is it is it going to be off putting for that first timer, an island? I, I think it doesn't represent Isla as much to me than why I would think Isla is. I yeah. think it's there, but it's, it's something else. My my thought with it is if you are – I'm just thinking back about how we started into Pete, and we got a bottle of Ugadale. That was our very first <laughs> bottle of single malt scotch that was peated, and we were floored in not a good way uh, when, we, yeah, we, when we, we opened that bottle. So and, we tasted Nope. I remember how disappointed we were because we were super excited to open this bottle, and it was a it was a pricey bottle for us. And you know, we opened this thing up. We and as soon as we opened it, we're like, maybe this is a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but but you take a sip and you try and power through. And it was one of those things where you're trying to be polite, yeah. and everybody's kind of looking at everybody like, are you going to say it or do I need to say it? And we finally were like, mm, no, no, I don't know about this one. This may just sit on the shelf forever. And. <laughs> You know, but when we finally did come back to it and, and understood it a little bit better and our palates had expanded a little bit, I think it, it made such an impact because yeah. it was a really good scotch. Would I have the same appreciation for peated scotch with the wee beastie? No I don't know. way. No way. I don't think so. Yeah, no way. That That's just my, my feel, take on it, it. To me, this is an experimental bottle in yeah. a sense, but, but it's going to be their core. But then again, looking back at our journey, when we first started out, most of the bottles that we were trying, like, you don't know any of the distilleries. So when you walk into the store, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to buy the entry level, least expensive bottle, because if I don't like this distillery, I don't like what they're doing, I'm not going to feel that bad pouring out a $30 bottle. That's very true. Versus a 90 or $100 bottle. I mean, it does give you a little bit of taste to it, but I mean, there, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a hard conversation to have. I mean, it's, I, I like it. I think it's good, but it doesn't give me the art bag I'm really looking for. Well, um, but look at their marketing. So they've got we, we Beastie in red. They've got claw marks on the, on the bottle. It, it's not subtle. Let me, let me tell you something. It's when, when you go to artbag.com and you look, you're looking at something, I'm going to tell you from website experience. When you look at it, all of a sudden an animation pops up as an overlay and you see a monster scratching, that's marketing money that goes into selling this because that's not easy. It's to aggressive. Do. It's an aggressive Very bottle. Aggressive that's what they mean it to be. Yeah. And it so is. I guess that it's probably, you know, aggressively marketing Ardbeg, trying to get to a new audience, coming in at a, a slightly <laughs> lower price point. So, you know, I, I guess it's I a smart get move. to them. So smart the, move. the question, though, is did they oh. intend it to be aggressive? Or did they market it as Which aggressive one, because it is aggressive? What do you say? Uh, Scotch for Dummies. Interesting thought that Lafroy Quarter Cask is five to ten bucks cheaper than the Wee Beastie in Germany. Serious competition, right? <laughs> no. You're kidding, right? Quarter but, cask but however, way. however, Lafroy is a different animal. I mean, as far as a medicinal, medicinal thing going yeah. on with them, it's a different animal. But no comparison to this as far as... They're different. This is more aggressive, more, you know, you've got the claws in it, whereas the quarter cask is all kind of rounded. And I think that my synopsis is that this is a decent bottle. It's not bad for the price balancing of it, but it's a marketing ploy to kind of push back into it to a younger audience to also help to a point earlier on the comment, probably offset the 10 year old. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So very good. You know, I, I think it's worth a shot if you, for 35 bucks. I mean, bucks I'm going to keep drinking this glass of it. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to finish this 10 off. Yeah. I bet you are. Well, I saw I, you pour it heavily. I didn't not realize that it. there was a zebra just hanging out on the bar like that. Wounded zebra. I can't believe that thing made it through the entire quarantine without me noticing it was down there. Speaking <laughs> of wounded zebras, did you guys see the coin ship today? 
I did see the coins ship today. They did. Did so, they really? So yeah. that means we could be shipping coins by early next week. That's right. So if you've uh, ordered a coin theory. from us, scotchdummies.com, we have our new coins out. We all have a whole different thing. Oh, my god! Brand gosh. new series coming out. I have so awesome. much work ahead of me. I was going to yeah. say, we're going to have to have a coin mailing get together. We're going to have to. I just throw them all on the table and bag them up. We've already sold so, like, a ton of sets. Yeah, I know. So I can just, the beauty is it's actually easier if I have like a dozen things to ship than rather than two things because it's just, it almost takes the same amount of time to print out all the packing slips and all the shipping labels and package it all together. No one, no one cares about that. We, the point we, is we're shipping coins next do we, week. Do we have any um, <laughs> cards? This card? right, we got some. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, but anyway, right. if you haven't ordered one, go to scotchfordummies.com. The, the front page has a merch and then the brand new coins are sitting out there. They're awesome. I cannot wait. I got the prototypes at home. Those are awesome. I can't wait to see the real ones. The stack up. And the, the most important part is the stack up. The Molly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and patrons get the Molly coin. That's right. And the mm -hmm. Molly coin is awesome. Yep. And that will shit. And by the way, is, is is our buddy down? Is he still on, Mr. Uh, Marky Mark Cowboy? What's going on? Catching yeah, the red snapper. Yeah, he's on. Mark, Mark's on. You know, he's he's probably not in a place that gets good internet. No. Well, <laughs> and he comes and goes. And we're, he, we're lucky that he comes well, at all. It's good to see him. It is. I hope they're having a good time. So, guys, tonight's topic. Evolution of Pete. That's what I hear. So we're, we're talking about Ardbeg, mm -hmm. and that kind of what spawned the, the point, right? Talking about what Isla is, the Pete. Now, this Pete is used in multiple places, right? We, we use Pete for, obviously, we, we talk about it a lot because of how they use it to flavor and smoke stuff. But Pete is used for multiple things, right? Well, ultimately, the, the, the main reason Pete is even part of the Scotch vernacular is because at one point, Isla and even Scotland itself was pretty cut off from the rest of the world. Not a lot of trains, not a lot of, you know, cargo. It was, it was an island. And so to be able to make the whiskey, you need to dry the, the barley. You've malted it. You've uh, started that enzyme conversion into sugar. You need to dry it. Well, there are not a lot of trees in Scotland. And so you're not going to burn wood. So the next best thing is peat, which is you know, under the under the ground, you dig it up, let it dry out, and it burns like coal. Except it's readily available. It doesn't have as much heat value, but you but it works. Use it. It works. It dries your dries your grain. It allows you to make whiskey, and that's that's why it was initially initially used. Now, in the modern age, you can use other things. You can use gas. You can use coal. You can use coke. You can use whatever else you want to Sheep heat dung. solar energy, whatever you want to dry the grain. You can you can buy your uh, your dried malted barley from uh, from anywhere in the UK and have it shipped directly to your to your distillery already you know already ready to go. So it, it's probably more used as a flavor component now than it was originally as a primary heat source. Right. Mainly because there have been some discussion about peat is being potentially overfarmed in some regions and in, in Scotland and will eventually run out. Well, they've even created new peat bogs, right? They started kind of trying to. You, start. you can start one, but and by the next guy's stage, you'll have. That's some. right. That's <laughs> the problem, which we'll get into in a little bit you later. Have, you have to protect you protect the the peat bogs for them to actually grow. So, did you guys see the whole thing too about doing some history on peat? Did you see all the stuff about all the the peat bodies, peat bog bodies? Mm, yes, that's crazy because you know I'm sure Doctor Scotch is going to tell us about it because mm -hmm. of the lack of. Oxygen and the carbon, how it's, it's like one of the best preservations for. Yeah, so you'll dig through a peat you bog. You see organs inside there. Yeah, it's though. completely, uh, you know, acidified, so there's no bacterial growth, Nothing very, very little bit of decomposition. Yeah, it's crazy. It just hangs out for yeah. thousands and thousands, thousands of years. Thousands of years, yes, literally thousands so of years. I hear that Dr. Scotch is coming to. No, uh, mm, you want to check on him? I think you should. I'm gonna see if I can find him. I think we should go see Doctor Scott. Let's see if we can find him around here somewhere. He's he's definitely here somewhere. I think he's maybe in the basement. Let me see if I can go find him here. That would not be Doctor. That's Scott. not it. Oh, oh man! Hey guys, what's going on? Obviously, I'm, I'm click happy. How you doing? Pretty good. What's going on? Is this a is this did, a uh, peat night? Did you see Andrew? I did. He's down there. He he let me know that you guys awesome. are ready. Is he farming some peat? He is. Mark, He's catch some snapper for us, bud. We're hungry. Cheers. <laughs> I hope he brings some snappers back. That'd right. Be awesome. So uh, what's going on? So Doctor Scotch here. I am. Uh, I, I'm not a doctor in real life, but I play one on YouTube. 
So, but I want well, to talk to you about about Pete. Okay. Pete is an amazing uh, resource for Scotland and, and uh, essentially around the world. Lots of countries have it. Russia, Finland, other countries have. You typically want to be in that northern climate where it's all cool and wet and doesn't get real hot and dry out. A lot of things. Thanks, Jules. Thanks, Jules. So what I have here is a, of course, you got to have the the classic, uh, often duplicated, never imitated, or often imitated, never duplicated, Dr. Scotch whiteboard. <laughs> often duplicated, never imitated. Dr. Scotch whiteboard. <laughs> and maybe uh, maybe Drew will help me with this. We got, a, I think we have a, a better version so people don't have to squint too much because there's a lot of good information on this. Hold on. Oh, I got There we go. Is that it? No. Michelle? No. Hold on. We keep talking. Right. So what we have here on on the on in this area over here is the essentially on the left of your screen is the layers of peat that we go through. And and I'm gonna back this. Oh yeah, you can kind of see there. So off on the left you have layers of uh, of peat, and up at the top here you have all the grasses and the flowers and all the things that are currently growing on that area. And then as you go deeper, you actually get a more compact and a more dense energy source. And so you get you get the uh, the top up here is real kind of grassy and there's roots in there and it's, and it's real light, lighter color. And as you go down and as it gets older, it gets darker and heavier and essentially turns into coal as you get down to the very bottom of the, of the peat bog. Um, this stuff only grows at one millimeter per year. So so when these, you see the, the pictures of them hand digging the peat and they're down about a meter and a half. Thousands of years. That was 1500 years ago that that grass was growing. Right. So... It grows really slowly. So this is not, it, it, while it is technically sort of renewable, it's really slow. So you got to pick which, which kind of the peat you want. Now, we talked earlier, we, we talked about um, people have been using peat forever, but uh, peat from 50 years ago wasn't nearly as, or I'm sorry, scotch from 50 years ago wasn't nearly as peaty as it is now, some of the really peated whiskeys, because they were using the peat to dry the, the grain. Well, the interesting thing about this is the deeper you go, the more energy you get out of the peat, but the less flavor you get. Really? Because you're losing all the florals. You're losing all the organics. Oh, and okay. So, so, so it's all carbon. And yeah, so if, if, I'm, if I'm digging peat to only dry my barley, I want the deep stuff. It's got high energy value, and I can use it, and it it cooks more. Really heating the house too, right? exactly. And, and you don't have to use as much, right? Yes, I'm, and I'm the, guessing and you have to use more. And of the, the top and the top stuff is more smoky. It's got a lot more. It it just produces more smoke, whereas this produces heat, like a clean, almost a clean energy versus a really smoky energy. So if you dig the higher peat, and that's what they're digging for all the peat now, because they want this really smoky, flavorful peat, and then they'll finish drying it elsewhere. Now the key with that is you go over to the drying curve here. So in the center of your, your graph here, you have a drying. This is um, when after they're done malting the barley, it's about 40 to 60 percent water here. And so um, 46 percent water. They need to dry down to about 5 percent water for them to actually be able to grind it and use it for whiskey. So they have to dry that. But the key is you only will absorb the peat flavor between 40 and 15 percent. Once you get below 15%, you can put as much smoke into it. It's not going to change the phenol content. Really? So you have huh. to you have to get all that flavor in this zone. So you can either use high heat and just drive right through that and don't worry about any flavor. Or you can dry it slowly with lots of smoky peat and get lots of rich peat flavor. So how you get through this zone depends on how much flavor you want. If you want it, if you want it really, really, uh, you know, you just... You want to dry out, you don't want, to, uh, want a lot of flavor, you dry it like this. You dry it really fast through the zone. So with a lot of heat, maybe get a little toast on your barley. It gets a little flavor from that, but it doesn't get the peat flavor. Whereas if you want like, um, so Lagavulin, for example, it takes about 30 hours to dry their peat. They, they will then run 18 hours. It takes roughly 18 hours of their peated section of drying. So they're running more in this zone over here. They're trying to keep it up a little bit above that um, into that peat it's zone longer so they can get more peat flavor into it. And then once they get past 15%, then they just dry it all out. So they're trying to control the heat. They're trying to they control the heat with a slow, what they call a cold peating or cold drying. 
to get all that pea flavor most, into it. So it's kind of like smoking meat, really. It's exactly like smoking meat. It's the exact same principle that meat will only accept a certain smoky amount. Smoky below above what or below about 170 degrees, something like that. Yeah. Once it goes above 170, it's not going to take any more smoke flavor. It's exactly the same phenomena they do with the peat itself, or with the uh, barley itself. So you got to put your peat in, in this region, and then. In that region, you're trying to put all those phenols and other uh, flavor components into it. And that's where you get over here with um, the level of PPM, so parts per million of phenol. In and the we peat, talk about this a lot on our reviews, yes. PPMs. So what you have, Octomore is obviously the most peated at 180 PPM. But typically the, the uh, breakthrough or the, you know, the point here is at above like 50 PPM, it's heavily peated about... 20 ppm, it's moderately peated, and below 5 ppm, it's almost Wow, not this is awesome. So this is really helps me visually. See, we talk about it, but it's hard to connect the dots. You're saying, based on the the, the, the percentage here, is we're talking about the graph over here as far as how they're slow, exactly. slow burning, slow smoking, or hot slow smoking. And the percentage of young peat versus old peat. Mm -hmm. So if, they're, if they, they can put like really heavily, like really young peat in here, just like just basically blow it up. Blind out the the uh, the drying room with fully all this smoky peat and very little heat. You're using all this peat up here, or you're using a little bit hotter to drive it through here. Interesting. You, know, you can. There's two things to do. You can use time and temperature, or you can use the level of peat that you use depending on where you want. So to do you think these guys, ah. these distilleries, they they obviously they know they know the difference between these, and they're can we say blending peat? My guess is what they're doing is they're using mostly this stuff. The top layer. Of mostly the, this because younger. It's, it's younger. It's probably less expensive because it's easier to dig. And they have other energy sources that are less expensive to get all the way, the rest of it. You're saying this stuff down here is like super deep. It is, well, I mean, it's... it's Depends on where you're at, I guess. Deeper than two to three meters. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it's not really deep, but it's, it's still pretty deep, deep enough. I mean, so if it's three meters down, that's 3,000 years old. Okay. It's been on the ground a while. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so any questions so that's the key that's going on here. So this is really an interesting graph. Um, look at it. Uh, if you have more questions, let us know. Um, but, I got one there. Yeah, please put some questions up if you have um, one. Where is it at? I, Tom had one. So, so this whole um, peating zone is, is what <laughs> is the PPM scale a log base 10 scale? No, it is not. It's, it's actually direct PPM. <laughs> okay, so there's a question from Rianne Does the spring break funk come from the peat or the worm tubs? I would say the worm tubs. Based on what you talked about, how it burns and, and comes back down, probably again. the cut too, that, right? Well, that that's the cut, and that's the all. That's also the um, the heat of the still, not mm. the peat. So that that's it's direct fire. Yeah, right? they're, they're burning the grains, which could be causing that funk. So that's that's the difference there as well. <laughs> old socks, old socks in the wash. Well, that does it too. Whiskey yeah. mystery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So. I'm kind of curious, and I'm, I'm sure you probably don't know, but I'm going to look into this a little bit. I'm kind of curious now, um, having done the, the talk about the barley and, and the malting process, I wonder when they send it to a commercial malter and they want it peated, I mean, it's not just about the PPM, it's about what kind of peat correct and where it's dug and how long they're drying it and all of those things yes so that that's a good point this is where you get into terroir with your peat so if you're burning mostly this this upper layer here what's growing right here is it right. is it isla briny grass or is it highland floral because that's going right. to be all your flavor component right are there. Are you getting heather and lavender? That's or right. Are you getting and because different the, the different plants take the, the different energy and exactly. change it to different, or not take oxygen at all and keep it really safe and, and, and dry. That, again, that's the reason why you would use young peat with for a short duration to get enough flavor. Because this is all that flavor. It's like super rich, like super potent flavor. It's like artificial flavoring almost. That it, It's so potent in there that it takes a little bit, just a little bit to get into this 10 to 15 ppm range, and then you just finish drying and you repeat it. If it's all locked in, you're good to go. But, the, but 
bogs are mostly done where there's not a lot of sun is hidden by a lot of shade so no sun can't dry no, up, it's, right? it's full, very water driven it's full it can be full sun but it's just a cool rainy environment so it doesn't really dry out like it would be in a desert or in even you know indiana where it get weeks of dryness so question so question is maybe it's a stupid question but it, so is there peat everywhere in in no. Okay. No, it has to be in a in a, a really fairly cool wet environment. So Isla is Isla, Scotland, fi uh, Finland, Russia. You know those kind of northern northern. There's, there may be some in South Africa, but generally it's that 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 um, cool Canada. Uh, uh, that's the, it's all about the longitude. How up on the longitude are you? Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So I, I know that it replenishes at one millimeter per year, which seems paltry. Uh, yes. So what do they do as far as conservation? I mean, how, how yeah. does that work? So so an interesting thing is what they typically do when they're harvesting peat, what they'll do is they'll take the first like four inches, cut it off, put it to the side, then they'll dig down a meter. And then they'll put then they'll take this this four inches and put it back on top. Really? So that way you don't you you, you maintain the flora or the fauna, whatever it is, that, that's on the- Flora, you, you, flora, fauna you, you, you keep the flora that's on top and you just move it down a meter. And you that way you, you're not conserving as much as you are allowing the-, the You're not destroying it. You can, you're allowing a consistent continued growth. Is that really gonna mean, what, what are you talking about though, as far as if we're putting the top back on, are you gonna let it sit there for a while? I mean- Well then, yeah, then you gotta wait another, 3,000 years for it to, or 1,000 years for it to go So back you're up. telling me these guys are cutting the top off, grabbing what they can, and they're not touching it Yeah, they, really, they Yeah, they will never touch it again. Yeah, so that, that's why what, what you have are these these fields of peat, and you essentially you just walk your way across a field of peat, bringing the, the, the uh, level, so there's, level So basically there's the years, yes. years and years of years of cuts. They've yes. been sitting there, and that's what you're seeing. It's like the thumbnail I had. You you'll see, see a, all you'll those, see a step. Yeah. Where, the, where they've harvested to here, and, and you've got grass, a step, grass. It's interesting too, if you watch, there's actually a lot of videos out there talk about how you know, the, the tools they use and how they cut it just right. And they have to cut it a certain thickness. If it's too thick, it doesn't dry out fast enough. And there's different ways to kind of cut this piece. There's a special way to do it. You can't yeah, and, just... and a lot of it, what you see and, and what uh, Lee um, Scotch on the Bayou did by hand cutting it, that's mostly for tourists now. They do industrial uh, harvesting of peat using horizontal scrapers and things like that because they know how deep they want to go and they can they can kind of just slice out those layers. But again, what they do is they they slice out their layers and put the top layer back down because then it keeps it from drying out. It maintains the uh, integrity of the peat bog and allows it to continue to continue to continue to produce. So, yeah. so I mean, it's not. Are yeah. they worried about running out? Yes, there, there are some concerns. And again, that's the reason why probably people take this top layer that's fairly new, they use whatever they, they need to, to get the smoke flavor and then convert to steam heat or gas heat or coke heat or something. So they're using the they're using less peat and getting more bang for their buck. Exactly. So when you have something like Optimore or, or um, Brooklady heavily peated, yes. what do you think that means? That means they spend a lot of time and a lot of this peat just blowing. So I, I would I would anticipate their drying floors are just like a complete smoke bomb. Smoke earth, smoke earth. And, and what, but what the, the other thing that they've been known to do is they recycle the smoke. So that they'll, they'll blow through the, the bed of, of drying barley and then they'll suck that into a, a, a duct and bring it back and put it back through. Sure. So so they'll they'll use that smoke multiple times to Makes extract sense. as much flavor out of it as they can. Again, conserving the peat. To, to extract the flavor out of the smoke and then impart that into the, and they just have to saturate. They have to completely saturate the drying room with that smoke for that to get up to 150. It's just almost impossible. And then the other thing to note is that is the PPM of, of phenol in the malted barley. That is not the PPM in the whiskey. Because as you go through the process of grinding and mashing and distilling, you typically lose 30, roughly 30 to 40% of that PPM of peat in there. So what you taste is a 50 PPM peated whiskey really is probably closer to 30 in reality because a lot of it, but they don't actually measure the PPM after it's been distilled hmm. or after it's been huh. bottled. 
So wow. it's the PPM and the barley, and that's what the that's so that's so it's the, like uh, buying a quarter pounder at McDonald's. Exactly. Pre-cooked wheat. That's what I feel the, like I'm learning something tonight. The, the distillers are doing is they're buying PP, they're oh. buying barley with a certain oh. PPM level. Oh, Tiffany, my friend from college, who is married to uh, a great guy that I've known since my freshman She's year. Right. Right. I am empty. I mean, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with another repeated. Is telling us to shut up and drink. This is this is um, <laughs> Dr. Scott. Before we we say goodbye, let's uh, give your outro ready to go and say thank you so much for that. Very educational. It was awesome super educational. Man. Stuff, Whiteboard stuff. master. Oh up, man, you missed a good one. With Dr. Scott oh, here. He spent the whole five year, man. He did. He uh, he learned us good. Awesome. Uh, I'm I'm actually I love when we discuss topics that I'm personally like, man, I can't wait to get done with the show because I'm going to go upstairs and pull open twelve books and start actually researching an interesting topic. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to have to watch this again. You're right. I mean, it, it's, yes. it's good conversation when you have Dr. Scotch here. He, he, he really does know his stuff. He, he really does. The science does. of Scotch whiskey. That's right. Good stuff, man. I think uh, let's have a vote. Should Dr. Scotch have his own show? I think so. I was, like him that much? I was saying earlier that Dr. Scotch should do uh, public service announcements. I think so, too. <laughs> Hey, we'll, Dr. Su we'll Scott, support you. Dr. Scotch for COVID-19. You know what? Here's, what? here's what I'm going to do. Uh -oh. So I'm going to do this. I've got, um, I think we probably have enough members now I can create a new icon. I'm going to create a Dr. Scotch icon for our members. Really? Yeah. So when you're when you're a member, if you hit if you go to our YouTube.com, YouTube.com, YouTube channel, and you it's a little membership button, hit that, and I don't know what it's like a dollar or whatever, then you'd have access to our Custom icons. I'm gonna have Dr. Scotch icons. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a mice. You can just take the coin, drop that in there, right? No, it's still different than that. But okay. But I'll, I'll have Dr. Scotch. He, he's uh, the best one. So yeah, I mean, admittedly, I think I think Dr. Scotch told me that they're, they're looking at doing a um, kind of a what do you call a Mr. Rogers kind of con, uh, consideration. But we'll see. All right, all right. Walk into like the home that. of Dr. Scotch and see what's going on. Your beekeeping age, you can do that. <laughs> So, Ronan says, Bill Nye the Scotch. That's right. He's kind of Bill Nye the Science guy. I can get behind that. I can totally get behind so that. So speaking of uh, of peated whiskey, I am on to, I think you're drinking the Wee Beastie. I went on to Lagerville, and you guys had this earlier, but uh, this is probably considered the the major Isla Scotch peated whiskey on earth, right? Like That's It's the go-to. Arguably the best, yes. Well, then let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Oh, Yeah. We're going to have some of that been raked before we're done. Mm. We're going to put it head to head with a couple of these guys that we've been drinking. Yeah. Let's see how you feel. Well, about we can it. put Doc, We BC doesn't compare. Does, no. It doesn't have nearly the the breadth of flavor yeah. as the. We, we have some people say they don't, have, they don't hate the idea of a Dr. Scotch <laughs> series. What was that, um, Bud? Oh, Floki. Floki. Yes. That's the one that they smoke with sheep dung. Oh. No. Bad idea. I, I've heard, I haven't tried it, but I have heard that it is not, uh, not horrible. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the peat thing. I mean, it's what they have to burn there. So if that's, you know, and uh, that particular distillery, um, is all family run and they do, they only have one whiskey that's peated with sheep. Yeah. <laughs> The, the rest of them are, are a little more conventional, but Fuck you, you know they they the, were the looking at it. They were looking at it from a from a perspective of if we were starting out a distillery, like what what would we be using in our environment in this yeah. in this area? So I, I kind of think that that's unique. I'll give them that. So <laughs> from the evolution of, of peat, uh, I asked a question earlier before we started the show. Um, has has peat evolved in today's scotch making industry and i guess i would say absolutely it yeah it used to be a necessity now it's a flavor component right well and it sounds like not only is it a, fl a flavor component but it is more pronounced than it was before so they're Possibly, at least in yeah. some of them yeah um i mean because there's some that i'm like like highland park every every time i taste that i'm like you say Pete, but I don't get that at all. Yeah, and that's where you they're like 20 I mean? to 20 PPM. Yeah, I don't get PPM. that at all. And I mean, their Pete would be super 
floral up there anyway, but yeah. I never get a whole bunch. But to me, that that would be like an old time kind of scotch. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, a lot of their finished product isn't all peated whiskey. Correct. It's peated and, and unpeated. Together, so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that does cut it down too. But I, I just find it interesting that, you know, are people demanding it or is it a marketing tool? Kind of like Octomore. You know what I mean? Like Octomore is big on the peat just because it's big on the peat. Like that's, that's the that, selling that point. That is a unique selling point. Yeah. Most peated whiskey in the world. Yeah. Yep. So I wonder if some of some of these are bigger and bolder than, you know, maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago, just to give them an edge over competition or marketing. to make them stand out a little sure. bit, give them some marketing advantage. So <laughs> drunk history by Dr. Scotch. Yeah, wow. I'd be for that too. <laughs> so let, let me ask this guy, thinking of, our, our, of people on, on YouTube and on, on our podcast, let's talk about Pete in general. We talk about how, you know, obviously where it's come from, et cetera. Okay. One of those. Um, They're both been rigs. So how would you guys, we talk about all the time, but if you've never had peated whiskey or peat in a sense, and we talk about it too much peat, not enough peat, et cetera. How would you describe the smell and taste of peat? Smoky, obviously, maybe a little earthy. And then the same in the palate. What, I, what do you got? I I genuinely believe that it really depends on the scotch. Because if you get like Balvenie Peat Week, right? It's peated whiskey, yes. but it's more like a campfire. It's not the same. Right? So yeah. it's got that that dry, woodsy, smoky quality floral, to it. Yeah. Um, it's got a little bit of that that forest kind of uh, connotation, if you will. Versus if you go to like, like a Highland Park um, or a Wolfburn, to me, some of those northern scotches you get more heather and floral and uh so it's it's a different kind of peat and then you get down to like isla and you get that more seaside influence and you get brines and medicinals and like really deep earth tones and so i think it's really it, it's very distillery dependent uh, so I, I mean i think that it depends on what kind of peat they're using but it adds it adds that extra level of something. It yeah. does. But uh, we got people talking about bacon, uh, ashtrays. I mean, there's people. <laughs> Ten bucks more. Yeah. Um, so the, the key, though, <laughs> I, I think for the for the non-whiskey um, aficionado, who has it had the uh, oh. one you just posted up there? Ashtray. Yeah. That ashtray flavor, wow, so it's, burnt, it's burnt organic. And that burnt organic is what turns people off, whether it be ashtray, whether it be charcoal, whether it be heather or whatever. I mean, I kind of equate, I mean, this is a probably bad analogy, but it, it really is to me like smoking a meat. I'm like, you can grill it or you can smoke it. And obviously you've got your rubs, you can marinate, you can do different things to it. Whiskeys are kind of the same thing. You can you can have different flavors. You get your casks, which are your marinations and different flavors to it or spices. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, when you, like, here's the deal. I, I have, you guys obviously know I love my Traeger smoker. Yeah, I use it all the time, and I have smoked like Papa Murphy's pizza on it before. Yep. Mm. And you can put Papa Murphy's pizza in the oven, and you can smoke it. There's a different, there's That's a major a difference. Huge to different it. flavor. And so it's the same kind of thing with whiskeys. I mean, some people like that, some people don't. It just depends on your your palate where you're getting to. But but, but with peat, I would say that not only do you get the smokiness, but you also get an earthiness to it too. And some sometimes. Yeah. To, based on Dr. Scotch's scale, I guess it depends on the amount of the lighter peat or the heavier peat or the you know the amount of what they're getting. Because some, sometimes I have something like Octomore or or even the Oogledale, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's that's earthy peat smoke. Where you get something like the Lagavulin, it's slightly peated on the earthy side, but it's got a nice smoke to it. So it's kind of it's different variances. Yeah. There, there's so many. I think that's why we all love Scotch. There's so many variations to what kind of peat they're using, what kind of barley they're using, you know, what how their stills are shaped, um, you know, what barrels they're putting this stuff in, how long they're aging it. There's so many variables that, that come into play. But I think as far as peat goes, I, I think that the smoked meats is, is a good analogy. Because um, it's all about time and temperature and, and your ingredients that you're using. Uh, 
Yeah. So and and you get different flavors. I mean, you, you can, can flavor use, the smoke. I mean, well, well, you can use different kinds of woods, and, just yeah. like you can different right. levels on the peat, and it and it affects the end product. So I would say that that's probably a pretty astute analysis of that. There you go. Yeah. All right. So peat. Is anything else left? We talked we talked a lot about peat tonight. We talked about Ardbeg. Uh, I think we. I can tell you right now that this memory solstice is. Is it? I can't it's wait to so do you know the? Do you know? Well, it's got a. What a it's so good. Heavily peated port finish. I. This, this will be, probably top five bottle of all time. It's so. Good. Really? I love this bottle. I mean, I haven't had it for a while. I need to have a glass it's in a minute. So good. Um, so what else do we have coming up? We got the coins coming in. Yep. So those will be getting mailed out to the people that have bought them already, probably next week. We have new shirt designs coming we out. We do. Some of them are out now. Um, I've got one in order. I've got a Molly shirt. I haven't seen. I like to. I can't wait to see that in person. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be very cool. That's really cool. Dr. Scotch is uh, a friend of mine. I got, I got bought one of his shirts. Let's see what it looks like. You go. Gotta support the guy. Spread shirt. We'll look at it. Um, as far as next week, um, I think we'll all be here next yep. week. But the week after, I'm on vacation. I yeah. told you guys. I that. think I am too. Yeah. So we'll have. They might just be, be Mark just and Mark Sean I? show. Maybe that's, that's a. <laughs> but maybe we'll take that extra week that week off. <laughs> we'll have to get some chaperones we'll in here to supervise Mark. But we are back to so. reviews. We've got a couple new ones coming out. Um, we, we need to get some more reviews to do. So we also have we owe the patrons. We haven't done it yet. We owe the patrons our, our list of uh, whiskeys we're about to review. So I need to get your guys' input oh, yeah, on that stuff. Um, then so that will be our next uh, review as far as the next two or three whiskeys coming out. Yep. Um, what else? What else? We're gonna be discussing next year scotland 2021 yeah yeah so so, uh, so as most of you know busload of dummies was intended to leave tomorrow this time i'll well, be on a plane tomorrow right now monday we we're supposed right to now. be on a bus with a busload of dummies hitting the distilleries of scotland we have been canceled yeah but we're not going to talk about what why i'm done not, with that c word it's not permanent uh we we will be getting to scotland so yep hopefully uh we'll get a plan put together and we'll get this uh figured out in the next few weeks or so and, and yep. we'll at least we'll, start to figure out what we want to do i think we're going to make some adjustments to the to the stops maybe exactly um, you know we based on feedback and you know information we have now maybe we'll slightly tweak the the, the feedback was mark and i looking at our route <laughs> and figuring out how long we were going to have to entertain people on a bus and we're like you know we can talk mm. but uh that may be a little bit ambitious for for a single week so uh, i think we're going to make maybe some adjustments yeah so that'll be good um but hopefully we'll get everybody that was signed up this year to come with us next year yep. we're, we're looking forward to it so rebound on scotland run yep i like it trooper yep <laughs> there you go Guys, that's all I got. That's all I got too. We'll we'll get ready for our after show with our patrons. We, so. we shaved five minutes off without Mark interrupting Doctor Scott. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I don't even know. Doctor Scott seemed to talk a long time. I was down in the basement for a long time. Really? How long was he talking? Twenty minutes? Uh, he's good. Fifteen yeah. minutes or so. Good. I'll tell you what. His he, whiteboards are successful. Yeah. He is a deep topic. It is deep. <laughs> no pun intended. Only one million no per year. Deep. No pun intended. Guys, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Same time. Same back station. <laughs>